I'd like you to get back up later and uh, carry and pick up that same flow by the very end of the service. We could do that. Please be seated. And that was great stuff, Dave. I really enjoyed that. I was inspired. How many felt inspired? Hey, yeah. inspired. Hey, man, welcome to Ayo. Great to have you back again from overseas. And uh, in a difficult situation, but we just upheld you in our heart and prayers. Thomas, congratulations. I see you produced a, uh, a CD. Fantastic. Well done. That's a first, is it? That's a first of many. Good on you. Yeah, why not? Why not? Why don't you open your Bible with me in Luke chapter 2? And I uh, want you to pick up the, the theme that Pastor Dave has felt in his heart for the church, and that is faith to grow. Faith to grow. So let's have a look at the life of Jesus. We pick it up in Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. We're talking about Jesus. And it said, And the child, that's Jesus, or Jesus, grew. Jesus grew. Jesus grew. Okay? He didn't just arrive in this earth with everything. He had to grow. If Jesus came that way and was required to grow, we also are required to grow. Jesus grew. And he became, became strong in spirit. Many people are not strong in spirit, strengthened in spirit. And it says he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. We're going to come back to those things just shortly. I want you to read again in Luke 2, similarly, just go down a little bit further. And uh, in verse 52, and Jesus increased, he increased. What he increased in? He increased in wisdom, increased in stature, increased in favor with God and with man. One of the key foundational things in the kingdom of God is the kingdom of God is an ever-increasing kingdom. Daniel had a vision. He saw the kingdom of God start like a little rock, and then it became a mountain, then it filled the whole earth. God's plan is to fill the whole earth. God's plan is to fill this city with believers. God's plan is to fill this church and other churches with people saved, redeemed, and carrying out His purpose. The kingdom is always increasing. It says in Isaiah 9 verse 7, it says, Of the increase of His government, no limits. In other words, God's kingdom is an ever-expanding kingdom. If you are part of that kingdom, you're born again, follower of Jesus Christ, it's God's plan you be ever expanding in your influence, expanding in the impact your life has. As Dave was talking about finance, every year, Joe and I keep a track of everything we give, not just the tithing, all the other areas we give, and then I count it up at the end of the year and see if I increased in this last year upon what I gave the year before. The kingdom of God is an increasing kingdom. We should be intentional about this, not just a casual or hope that somehow something will happen. As we'll see in a moment, that's not how it happens at all. Notice it says, Jesus grew. That mean, means literally to increase. It's a word used associated with God being at work increasing you. It's not just something natural. God was with him increasing the impact and influence of his life and that same Spirit of God is with you, wanting to increase your influence and impact this year. The second word we notice there, it says Jesus increased. 
And that word's a different word. Sometimes it's translated grew, but what it really means, it's the word to go forward by exercising an effort. To move forward by applying yourself to overcome resistance. So Jesus grew. God was with him. and God was helping him. Jesus increased by applying himself and exercising effort. It's a crazy thing for us to think that we will grow without applying effort to growth. And so Jesus increased. Drive forward means to grow, develop, increase. It means literally to advance from one position or level in the kingdom to another level. It means to advance in the grace of God. It means he advanced in wisdom. He advanced in favor with God and with man. We'll touch those again shortly. So God's government's always increasing. Is it increasing in your life? The Bible says we're to go from faith to faith. So is your faith growing this year? In other words, are you believing for things to happen that can't happen unless God comes through? Or are you living in your comfort zone? Are you living in a zone where you're used to living? You are not growing. When you start to dream about possibilities, when you start to dream about a different coming year and years in your life, and then you start to reach out to God for promises and for grace to grow, then you are starting to stretch your faith. When is the last time you moved in the Spirit and operated in the gifts of the Spirit? You are either growing in those things or you're diminishing in them. In the kingdom, there's no standing still. The devil's plan is to contain you and then diminish you and then defeat you completely. God's plan is that you would dream and commit to growth and increase. We need a church full of people wanting to increase and grow. I'm hoping and praying that you will be such a person in this coming year. One thing that I want us to grow in is in the manifest presence of God in our lives and meetings. I'll talk more about that at another time. But one of the great, we don't have to wait years to grow when God's presence, glory comes on our lives, growth accelerates. There are some keys that can accelerate your growth. You don't have to start from the beginning. You can build on what others have done. And so I believe and am praying that you will grow from faith to faith this year from one degree of glory in God to another. It's never retreating. It's never going back. You may have retreated last year, but that was last year. That is history. Don't live in last year. Live in this year, a year of growth and increase. I felt God speak into my own heart that for us personally, this is a year of preparation and that I should apply myself to growing and learning about the apostolic about how it functions, and about the supernatural dimensions around it because of the things God has intended ahead for me. Similarly, God has planned things for you, but you can never enter them or experience them unless you are willing to grow. Because if you do what you did last year, you'll have the same results as last year. So we must commit to growth. I want you to have a look at some things I noticed in this passage here about Jesus. I want to share with you several things about his growth. Number one, about his growth, I want to share with you about, nah, about five, five things, I suppose. Number one, he applied himself to grow. 
Jesus applied himself to grow. It says down there, if we read in verse 43, when they'd finished their time at the temple, worshiping and keeping the feast, and they returned, the boy, that's a young man or young boy, Jesus, about 12 years old, lingered behind in Jerusalem. The word lingered means literally to stay under, or it means literally to endure trials or difficulties. He was facing a conflict of going with his parents and following the natural course that he would normally do, or following the dream, the vision that God had put in his heart and that he knew from a very young stage, he is there with a purpose. He came with a purpose. Jesus had to overcome internal conflict to remain in the temple without his family for three days, and he did it because he's committed to grow. If you want to grow, you will have to apply yourself to grow. If you just do what you did last year, you won't grow. So I've asked, the Lord spoke to me, said, change some things. Gave me a plan for my own personal devotional life that I could apply myself to grow in the coming year. So Jesus applied himself to grow. It was intentional, not accidental. Second thing is, Jesus positioned himself to grow. You notice it says in verse 46, he was sitting in the midst of the teacher's both listening to them and asking them questions. He positioned, number one, he was committed to grow. Number two, he opened his life to others to help him grow. You need others to grow. It's a complete deception that you can become a mature Christian without the input of others to your life. This is why we need a local church. This is why there needs to be fivefold ministries in the local church. They are given by Christ to you. If God gave you something to help you grow, then you would be foolish not to welcome and receive it. It's not always obvious to us. We know God gives us His Word. He gives us His Spirit. Sometimes it's hard for us to recognize God gives people to you to help you grow. That your best growth takes place out of relationships with people. Not just any people, but people who are full of a faith people who are excited about God, people who want you to move forward with God. You hang around those people, you'll catch it. You'll also want to grow. People that have been successful in life, hang around them, and you can learn the ways of becoming successful without having to learn it all from start. God brings people into our lives. David's facing and Kate's facing a challenge in standing up and pastoring the church, but I want you to understand this that they didn't come by their own decision. It was by the call and positioning of God. So therefore, if you receive them as pastors to you, then they will be able to be activated in the pastoral gift and anointing and provide for you what you need to help you grow this year. Growth is multifaceted. It's not just one thing. You can't just go alone and pray and hope you'll grow. There's more to growth than that. And one of the key aspects of growing is our need for people. We need to be in part of a body of people where there are anointed ministers helping us mature. We need to be connected into a group of people where we share our life and we interact and we receive from one another. You notice what it says of Jesus? He was sitting in the midst of the teachers. Well, 
that means he was positioning himself as a disciple among those who are mature leaders in the church of his day, the synagogue of his day. He deliberately connected to people that could help him go forward in the call that was on his life. If you want to go forward in the call on your life, whether it be in music or business or in your family, your marriage, whatever it is, Position yourself near to people more experienced and draw from their wisdom. Draw from their experience. Don't just think, well, they're too busy for me. Make it a point of positioning yourself by honoring and welcoming and receiving and opening your life to ask questions. That's how you get things from people. You can be in the presence of people carrying immense anointing and wisdom and get none of it because you just didn't see what was there and didn't reach out and position yourself in relationship to be able to draw from that. You notice the third thing, he had an attitude. He was teachable. If you want to grow, you need to be willing to learn new things. It says Jesus was sitting there listening and asking questions. Listening, asking questions. He could have said, well, I'm the son of God. Don't you know you need to listen to me? But you understand, he recognized that before his calling could come into maturity and fulfillment, he had to grow. And he grew, one of the ways he grew was by listening and asking questions. Tell someone next to you, you need to listen more. See, I see the wives are into that one very big. <laughs> now, Bill, don't you say that to hurt your wife. That's <laughs> so you get into trouble. Okay, so listening. It's one of the values of, that, we're try, that we, we intend in our building, in our culture as a church, and the way we relate to one another. If you want to learn something or get to know someone, listen to them. Listen with a heart to hear, not trying to make up what you're going to say while they're still talking. Notice Jesus, it doesn't say he was talking, it says he was listening and asking questions. Ask questions, don't make assumptions. If you want to grow, you need to position yourself where you're with people who can help you grow, and you listen to them and ask them questions. I found, I, I remember, I was with one great man of God, and I had nothing to say except I wanted to listen and ask questions, and there was another young upstart pastor there with him, with a church of no more than 40 people, and he was talking all about what he was doing, and I thought, you're an idiot. You're in the presence of someone who has pioneered a movement, has planted churches and raised up men of God, and all you can do is talk about yourself. You have missed the moment to ask questions and listen. In the Hebrew culture, the smartest person was not the one who knew the most, but the one who could ask the most meaningful questions. You'll find if you want to grow in God, learn to ask questions. If you want the Holy Spirit to speak to you and help you in areas of your life to grow, apply yourself to listen to the Holy Spirit and ask Him questions. Listen to what he has to say and write it down. Write down what God tells you because that will bring change to your life. Oh, you're getting quiet now. You must be listening. (laughs) 
Okay, so he, was, so he applied himself to learn. He was purposeful. He had an attitude to learn and grow. Now, the other thing is he, he was purposeful. He was personal. He actually was quite intentional in his intent to grow. Notice what he says when his parents came and challenged him. They said, how come you're doing this? Why are you here? We're all worried. We're all uptight about you. In verse 49, he said, why didn't you seek me? Did you not know I must be about my father's business? Jesus lived for a cause. Even at the age of 12, he is saying, I'm not just here to fill in my days with idle stuff. I am here for a purpose. For this cause, the Son of Man came into the earth. They might destroy the works of the devil. He lived with a purpose. And because he lived with a clear purpose that he understood, he applied himself to learn. He said, I must be about my father's business. Now, that's also something you and I are called to be about. In uh, the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, around verse 7, it says, you are saved and then called with a holy calling according to God's purposes. Some people stop at the first part, you are saved. And that's all their understanding is, I'm saved. Well, that's better than being unsaved. I'm a happy man. But you're saved and called by God. When God saved you, He also called you. To call you means He extended an invitation to you to partner with Him in extending His kingdom throughout this nation and specifically throughout this city and region. Every person here, God has extended an invitation to you to participate with Him in expanding His kingdom. So you are saved. You are saved when you believed and trusted in Christ Spirit of God came into you. You're saved by grace through faith, but it also takes faith to believe God didn't put me in the city for nothing. My life is not just to be a meaningless jumble of one day after another just doing idle things. I am called with a holy calling. It, to be holy means it's a dedicated calling. Your life is to be dedicated to the advancement of Jesus and His purpose in this earth. Whether it be in business and education, whether it just be as, as a wife or in the community, it doesn't matter where you are, God called you like He called men in every generation. We love to read the Bible about what men and women did throughout the Bible, but they're all dead. Now it's your day, your hour, and this is our city, and the needs are right here in front of us, and God calls you. It's not going to be someone else unless you reject the calling. Individuals can reject God's calling by despising it or filling their life up with idle things. I have noticed that when people stop being engaged in the local church, they fill their life with trivia. Have a look on Facebook at the trivia people fill their life with. Pictures of food. Is that the most meaningful thing in your day? A picture of some food. Come on. We are called with a holy calling. And that is unique to you. And so God puts you in a body that you might grow 
and be empowered to fulfill your calling. It's your responsibility to seek the face of God and discover what He called you to do with your life. The role of leadership is to help mature you and equip you that you'll do what God called you to do with your life. At the end of your life, you will be asked, not whether you believed in Jesus or not, you'll be asked by Jesus, what did you do about my calling on your life? What did you do? How did you respond to my invitation to expend my kingdom? using the gifts, the talents, the house, the resources that you have been a steward of. You see, everything we have, we're only a steward of it. And we're a steward in Jesus' name. What we have is available to us for a season for a purpose. Discover the purpose and fulfill it. Ephesians 2.10, you're as workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works that God prepared before you were born. God thought something for you to do with your life before you're born. If you don't know what your purpose is, don't stress or sweat over it. Set your heart that I will become clear in what God called me to do before this year is out. I will not drift another year like a boat in a storm without a rudder, not knowing where my life is going. I will grow in my understanding of what God called me to do with my life. You notice Jesus lived with a cause. See? The next thing we notice about Jesus, He persevered. In verse 50, it said they didn't understand what He spoke about. Parents didn't understand Him. In effect, they dragged Him away. They said, you come with us. And it says, He submitted to them, was subject to them, and then He grew. So Jesus Himself had to grow in being misunderstood. We all want to be understood. We want people to like us. But part of growth as a godly man is you walk through misunderstandings and rejection and you show grace in it and a heart that's open and trusting God. That's what Jesus did. He faced rejection and opposition and misunderstandings, all his ministry, and that is part of what it means to follow Christ. If you follow Christ and fulfill his calling on your life, Don't expect people to understand it. Some of your family won't understand. They'll think you're crazy. The people you used to drink with, they'll think you're nuts. The people in your your workplace will probably call you religious. But you understand, I have been called with a holy calling. It's one life. I must live it and fulfill my race. And I must not let myself be deterred by what anyone else is doing. One of the things God has given me grace to do is to stay focused upon Him no matter what happens around me or to me. It's a grace to be able to do that. You need that same grace. If you have no internal direction, you'll be taken in any direction. Any direction will be okay if you have no direction. So, what did He grow in? What did Jesus grow in? There are four areas He grew in. He became very strong in His spirit man. There are ways you can grow strong in spirit. One of them is learning to yield to the Spirit of God, learning to submit and obey, and many other ways. Another thing he grew in was in wisdom. Wisdom, the ability to see what God is doing and to make the right decision at the right time. Many people today lack wisdom. They're foolish. Wisdom comes from God. 
the Bible says in Proverbs, the most important thing is to get wisdom, to know what to do. How many of you are struggling because you don't know what to do with your life? You need wisdom. And God has it. And God can give it to you if you'll pursue Him and find it. It says, God, Jesus grew in wisdom. I guess when He was at the temple and His parents were taking a hike and He wasn't with them, He's wrestling there. God, give me wisdom what to do. And the Father said, stay here. And then when the parents said, you can't stay here, you've got to come with us, He probably said, Father, give me wisdom what to do. Do I have a long explanation that I'm the Son of God and this is what I'm supposed to do? Or do I submit to the authorities you put over me? Father said, submit and go with them. And he grew in wisdom and stature. What else did he grow in? He grew in stature. That's maturity, character. He, he moved out of being immature and grew to become a mature person. God wants you this year to mature. I don't think I'll have time to talk, talk, touch on that. I want to touch on this one here. He grew in the grace of God. He grew in the grace of God. Now listen, you are either growing and moving forward, or you're living in yesterday's anointing, yesterday's revelation, yesterday's experience. You're living in the past. Today is the day to make a decision. I will grow in God. Jesus grew in grace. What does that mean? Because the Bible tells us, it tells us in, in 2 Peter, 1 Peter 3.18, I think it is. It says, grow in grace and the knowledge of God. So it's a command, not a suggestion. Grow in grace. Grow in the knowledge of God. So what is grace? Grace is a gift God gives to you. So if it's something you had to work for, you wouldn't be able to get it. It wouldn't be grace. Grace is God's gift to you, received by believing. And the Bible tells us in two places, it tells us God has already given you a measure of grace. You have some already. You need to do something with it. Secondly, it says God has already given to every believer a measure of faith. You've got some faith. You've got to do something with it. So grow in grace. Grace is uh, literally a gift God gives us, so it's received out of relationship with Him. Grow in grace and the knowledge of God. That comes out of experiencing the reality of God in your life. It comes out of relationship. It comes out of worship. If we're going to grow this year, one of the greatest ways you can grow is build your personal life with God and build the corporate worship dimensions. So when we come in here, we're all ready to start. There's an atmosphere of expectation, and God starts to come into that atmosphere. Listen, you receive grace when you're in the presence of God. You receive grace out of His presence. You come to a throne of grace. The grace means it's God's ability to be who you're called to be and do what you're called to do. Grace is God's power to win in life. But grace has got other meanings. And one meaning is this. Grace is the ability to get access, to access God, access people. I have some access in this world today that people would give their back teeth to have. And it came 
not by anything at all I did. It's people came to me, and they spoke to me and invited me into their world. That is grace. Jesus grew in grace with God. That's access to the presence of God. And grew in grace or favor with men. That's access to people to influence them. This year, we need to grow in grace. Our theme song today was about grace. Growing in experience of God in His presence and His blessing bringing favor with people. What an amazing thing. We need to grow in those areas. You're not going to grow unless you do some things like Jesus did. Embrace that God has called you. Embrace God's call on your life. Recognize and commit to personal growth. You need to grow this year. What area do you need to grow? It'll be different for every one of us. Set up a plan for growing. It's not going to be accidental. I'm going to drift in the if I feel like it. No, no, no. That's not how you grow. You grow by deciding what I'm going to grow in and how that will take place and then committing to make it happen. Don't take God's call on your life lightly. It's a holy calling. Apply yourself this year to grow. Persevere when it's hard. Fasting isn't easy, but it brings about breakthroughs in your life. Prayer at times isn't easy, but it brings us access to the presence of God. You've also got to think, what is it I need to let go of? Do I need to let go of some opinions? Do I need to let go of some offenses? Do I need to let go of some disappointments and failures? What do I need to let go of that I can grow this year? Make it specific or it won't happen at all. I was amazed. I want to just bring one person up. Where's Janice? Is Janice here somewhere? Janice, it'll take you too long to come up, so I'll come down to you. Just while we're finishing up right now, I'm going to give an altar call just in a moment for people who've heard God speak to them in their heart, and they're going to let something go, and they're going to grow this year. I just want to ask Janice a couple of questions. Janice, I know that uh, you have some limitations around you physically, but you just are in love with Jesus. Isn't that right? Yes. And, uh, you've been worshiping Him every day, giving yourself to Him, and something unusual happened to you this week, didn't it? You want to tell us what happened? When I was, went to, I had my shower and I went, and got dressed and I went to the lounge. It was just full of bright, bright colour. It wasn't the sun. It was a different sort of thing I've never seen before. And I couldn't even sit, I couldn't even stand for that long. So I had to sit down and I cried for four hours. But God healed my heart. He took the pieces and put them back together again. And I knew it was God who healed my heart. And I had the wonderful peace that my God was real to me. He's alive, everyone. He's alive today. And anything you want to do, he will do it for you because he's done it for me. He can do it for you. Amen. So this didn't just happen. See, it didn't just happen. For quite some time now, Janice has played the Bible over and over and over. She doesn't read so good, so she plays the Bible morning and night, goes to sleep listening to the Bible. She imagines the stories of the Bible. She probably knows more of the Bible than most of you do. She's made her house a place of prayer. 
So she was sowing, and now she reaped an encounter with God that brought healing to her heart. What an encouragement for you to sow this year and reap an encounter with God and an ongoing enlargement in God that changes your life and enables you to influence others. We stand right now.